All right, Avalanche fans, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, whenever and wherever you may be listening. And thank you for joining the Locked On Avalanche podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your host, Chris Maselli, with another episode of the podcast dedicated to your Colorado Avalanche. And a couple things to get to today, like always, Avalanche just finishing up a game against the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, Martin Kaut getting his first goal of the season. So we'll kind of summarize that game a little bit later on. Uh, a couple questions that I re- I guess I've been talking with some people and, and a couple things came up and I figured I would bring them on the show. Why not? Well, not the people, but the questions and kind of just get them out in the air. Pretty interesting topics. So we might want to hang around for that. We're going to dive into those first right after we get to the social media where you can follow the show on Twitter, LOPN underscore Avalanche on Instagram. Search for Lockdown Avalanche and send your questions like these two I'm about to answer. Comments, concerns, opinions, whatever is on your mind about the Colorado Avalanche. Send those to LockdownAvalanche at gmail.com. So trade deadline is over and we kind of know where we sit. Avalanche did bring in a goalie more or less for minor league purposes or AHL purposes. I know sometimes they don't like to use the term minor league, but so we'll say AHL purposes. And obviously right now, Pavel Francos is the man. So the the question that was brought up to me was, should he be named the starter? And is in is he making life difficult for the coaching staff? Uh, The answer to the first one is, uh, I don't know yet because I feel like he, he, it's weird to say this, but I feel like he's outplaying Philip Grubauer. So you would typically say, Oh, he's outplaying somebody. He should be named a starter, but it's not like Philip Grubauer has been playing. So God awful. I guess the question is, has Philip Grubauer done anything to not to, to give up that first goalie? That starting that starting goalie. Has he given has has he done anything wrong to give that up? Or has Francois just complained so completely out of his mind that he should be bumped up above Grubauer? And I don't know the answer to both of those, unfortunately. And and you could say yes to both of those questions. You could say, yeah, that Grubauer hasn't done anything so egregious that he should be pulled and be demoted to number two. <clears throat> but you could say Francois has just been standing on his head for the better part of the season with, the, you know, like I said, the hiccup in December. But that's when they both had the, their hiccups. Uh, and you, you could say he's he's done enough to warrant that that starting role. Now, what this does is this puts all eyes on Colorado, and I just I just don't like the feeling I have <clears throat> about how this is going to end with the expansion draft. And I mentioned this on the show a couple couple days ago, maybe last week sometime. But you can't protect them both. <clears throat> okay, you you just gave Francois a a deal, and it's a pretty good deal. He's getting two million dollars a year. That's a pretty cat friendly deal. Would um, Seattle look at that if if Francois is the one that they don't protect? 
And that's another question you ask, have to ask yourself. Is his deal better than Grubauer's? Because if you're looking at salaries, Philip Grubauer, you're giving him $3.33 million for this year and next year. So his deal is a little bit more expensive, $1.33 million more than Fransos for the same amount of time this year and next year. Well, Grubauer's has two years, so his is an extra one, I believe. <clears throat> uh, I'm going to look his up really quick. just want to make sure. No, same, yeah, this year. No, 2021-2022. So you get Grubauer for uh, a year past, or excuse me, you get Fransos for a year past of what Grubauer's current deal is for cheaper. And if you're worried about age, and I, I honestly didn't know this. I, did, I thought Grubauer was a little bit younger than 28, but he's 28 years old. Fransos is 29. So they're basically the same in age, you know? So I always hear Fransos's age when people talk about him, and I don't hear Grubauer's all the time, which they're, they're right next to each other in age. So that did surprise me a little bit. So do you not keep Grubauer? The way that Fransos is playing... I guess this thing needs to play out for a full season, and that's you know that's why you're not going to make a decision now on this. But it's a good conversation to have because I don't think they expected Pavel Francouz. And if you look at his stats over his entire career and all the leagues that he's played in, he's lit it up no matter where he's gone. So we really shouldn't be shocked he's playing as well as he is. But he's not that name. He wasn't drafted high. He was kind of picked up because the Avs watched him play, I think, in the Olympics or wherever it was that they saw him play. Or some tournament where he just was lights out and then they picked him up. Didn't really anticipate or expect that play to carry over to NHL-style play. But it has. I think you're, it's, this is going to be a very difficult decision for the Avalanche to, Avalanche to come up with on who to keep and who to freeze for this this expansion draft because think of it this way at at the way it stands right now if you do not freeze Pavel Francouz and you're Seattle would you take him again this is not knowing what other teams are have available i think you would take a hard look at him if Philip Grubauer was the unprotected one would you go after him i think the answer to that is no so you might be risking it by by freezing Francois, and then if if they don't take Grubauer, then you're into the whole thing of <clears throat> what's the locker room look like now? Is is Grubauer upset because you didn't freeze him and all that stuff back and forth? Who knows? But it, Grubauer seems like a a, a pretty down earth guy. He knows that somebody you know they both can't be protected. So. Oh, we don't need that, Google. Thank you very much. Uh, Google wanted to tell me what they think, but I'm not going to listen to Google. Um, <clears throat> so something to keep our eye on for the rest of the season, how Francois plays when Grubauer comes back, which seems like it might be pretty soon. Um, how these two guys duke it out to the end of the year because they're, they're, they're both playing to be frozen. <laughs> As odd as that sounds, and I, I am—I think a lot of Avalanche fans right now are Team Francois. You know that first star of the week last week. He's just firing all cylinders right now, and he seems to to be the guy. And the longer Grubauer sits out, the longer he's going to have to make up for it. You know, so something to watch for the rest of the year and going into the off season 
for sure. It's going to be very interesting. All right, and so the the other question that I had a discussion about was Joe Sackick and the, I keep wanting to say lack of moves, and I guess that's, you know, kind of accurate. Like, I, I don't think they made as many moves as some people thought they would make, <clears throat> or or the quality of moves, I guess we should say. And in that press conference that I played for you guys yesterday, he said he, he likes this team. He's comfortable with this team, and he wasn't willing to sacrifice anybody on the current roster or prospects if the deal didn't seem right, and clearly it didn't because he didn't make a big splash. So the question that I had a conversation with somebody on was if if that's how he feels about this team, what does that mean for free agency when that comes around? And it's a little bit different with free agency because <clears> – <throat> You, you know, you have contracts expiring and you have, you know, unrestricted free agents and those, you know, you're not going to sign every single person that you have on this roster right now just because guys go other places. So you are going to sign free agents. It's just an inevitability. But the question is for that as well. Do they, what what do they go after? If you're not going after guys at the trade deadline of, of kind of like stature, uh, big name guys and, and, and guys that have big contracts, whether or not they're expiring and you're using them as a rental for the rest of the year through trade, are you not doing that for the offseason as well? I think they had a really good offseason last year. Clearly it's paying dividends for them this year for the, the signings that they have. But those guys weren't big, huge names. that <clears throat> They're just getting lucky that these guys are panning out for them and guys like Nachuskin and Burakovsky. I think the biggest deal that they made was for uh, Kadri. And clearly that one has paid off well for them too. But those are the types of moves he does. He, he finds these diamonds in the rough and he gives guys a chance and he doesn't go after a big name. Now I haven't looked at what the, the unrestricted free agent, list looks like going into this year. So I don't know who kind of like the the big guys are. You know, like Kreider was the name going into the trade deadline. I, I don't know off the top of my head who the, the names are going into the uh, the offseason. Well, you know, Hall is going to be one because that was a rental. Who You know, for it's probably going to be a rental for Arizona. So you know him. But it'll be... An interesting thing to see what Joe Sackick does because he had he, that was a pretty busy offseason for him last offseason. And they don't typically do what they did last offseason again or two years in a row. And if he likes this team so much, he's going to want to keep as most much of this team intact as possible. So what does that mean for the guys that you do lose for free agency. Who do you bring in? Do you just bring in those puzzle pieces like he's really good at doing and kind of go off of that and say, I'm going to, you know, you know, throw something at the wall and see what sticks again. Or does he go after a name? And with Joe Sackick, you, you kind of lean towards, he's not going to go after the name. So 
it's a tough question. Again, it's it's a mystery. It's not a mystery. It's I want to say it's a mystery of what he's going to do. But his track record is I'm not going to go for for those high contract guys. I have my high contract guys on my team, and and that's you know saying that loosely because Nathan McKinnon is not a high contract guy. His contract is maybe the best contract uh, to benefit the the franchise over the player of his stature, maybe in, in history of the NHL right now. And that's for several more years to come. But he has he's got his his main guys and you know Rentonin got paid. Uh, Landis guy I think is gonna be next in a couple of years to get paid. And and then McKinnon down the road. But in the meantime are you going to dole out money? You just gave it to Rantanen. Will he do that again? All signs point to that's not his style. And if he likes this team, he's going to do his best to keep the majority of this team together, which he has done a very good job doing. And if you lose guys, here's the other part of it. If and when, basically when you do lose these UFAs, he's just going to bring up all these prospects that he's he's acquired. That's his game plan. Not to just go out and plug in through free agency. He didn't do it to the trade deadline. He didn't plug in with with acquiring assets at the trade deadline from other teams. So what he has done over the past three years in getting all these guys, if somebody leaves, okay, now who, who's who's in my AHL team that can step up and be the next man up and take the role of the player that we lost. That's the way that's how this team is built right now. They are keeping everything in-house and and you can't we can't really fault him for it. He spent all the time building it up. So that I think that's the road we're going down with Colorado Avalanche. Get used to all these guys that that are on the current roster and that are playing for the Colorado Eagles cuz that's our team. And I think that's a different mentality. A lot of people go the trade route. A lot of people go the the free agency route. That's how sports are 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 managed now. And I think Joe Sackick maybe is trying to break that mold and saying like I, I have all these assets available to me, and I believe in all of them. And if someone doesn't want to be here, someone signs somewhere else because of the money. Completely understand that it's a business decision. I have someone that can take his place. It's a pretty ridiculous position to be in uh, if you're Joe Sackick and if you're a Colorado Avalanche fan, but it's a pretty damn good situation to be in and not one that many people are in. Samuel Girard, guarded by Froelich. Shot taken off the pad. Hunt the rebound. Scores! And there it is. Mark Picks up the goal. Hits first in the National Hockey League. And sometimes the best play is just to get the puck to the net. And there you have it. That's the call for Martin Kaut's first career NHL goal. And it was a big one. What a game this was. Very exciting. Uh, I think I predicted a, a, I personally predicted a 4-1 to one, uh, score. Finished at 3-2. to two. Avs, uh, I was hoping they would get a, a empty netter to make me look a little bit better. <clears throat> but, um... They, they they really and it really should have been a four to one game, uh, the, but that's hockey. This is this is it's it's a it's a tough game and it's tough to pull away from a team that you are dominating. And 
that that was a a fun and exciting game and the avalanche were everywhere it took them a little while to get going but once they did about halfway through that first period it was just non non-stop dominance and and they pulled up they pulled ahead 2 to 1 and you thought that was maybe going to be an onslaught of maybe a few more goals but Buffalo, give them credit. They they stuck with them, and the, the the first goal was just that was for the first goal for Buffalo was that was a, that was a thing of beauty. Francois had no shot on that. Second one, I think even the second one got deflected in. So difficult in its own right. But they, when it got to be two to two, once again, you're like, here we go, a team that we're really sticking it to. But are they going to pull away with a victory on this thing? And uh, Colorado, 34 shots on goal. Buffalo, 33. So right there. But Colorado, for really the first time, I don't want to say all season because we're we're so deep into the season. But I'll just say first time in a long time, they were getting so many looks at close range. They, They just seemed like they could walk into that slot right in front of the net and have some really good looking shots on goal. And if it wasn't for Carter Hutton on, on the Sabres, this would have been a blowout. He made some really close range acrobatic saves. So give him credit for keeping Buffalo in it. But Colorado was just too strong. They, they, they had control so many times you were like throwing your hands up like you thought a goal was going in and it didn't but they pulled it out three to two and you know we talked about francos earlier and this is another reason why even when there was a, a minute and change left when buffalo pulled their goalie he made a couple really nice saves in in that man advantage pulled goalie situation and you know this is this is kind of what we were talking about in the beginning. Is he the guy? He he you had you had a lot of confidence Buffalo wasn't going to score and they had opportunities and he shut them down. How do you not feel for Tyson Jost in this game? And this was something that I said by not trading him, did that give him uh, some some ammunition and some excitement to say like yeah this team believes in me and wants to keep me. He played his heart out tonight and only has an assist to show for it. Five shots on goal for him. Do they have time on ice right now? I mean because the game kind of just ended. No no they do yeah. Uh, almost eighteen minutes of ice time for him. He was out there on the power play. He he played. So hard tonight, and I just he had a I, well. We thought he had a goal, and it was pretty quickly overturned. He knocked, he redirected a puck in, and it, and his stick was high. You can't argue that one. But when when he when he when he got it for a brief second, you were you were like yes, like good for him. And then immediately you were like, why does this happen to him? But he played a great game. If you can get that effort from him night in and night out, we are not talking about him being on the trading block at all. But guys were were everywhere. Comfort had a fantastic game. 
goal and assist for him. Landis Gog with another goal. He's been playing phenomenal as of late. Kaut with the goal. Good for him. Who else we got? McKinnon with an assist. Donskoy with an assist. Gerard with an assist. Kamenev with an assist. Uh, and Kamilkar did not score, but he was everywhere. And, and you just – he does the things even when he doesn't score – and, and he's not lighting up the stat sheet. He does things that just make it a nightmare for the other team. They always have to wonder where he is. And even when they do, he gets around them. This was just – the score does not indicate how how well the Avalanche played. And, and you know, they, they should have scored more goals. And, and, like I said, Buffalo goalie prevented that from happening. But even though they didn't, these are games that you need to win. Okay, we should we we are clearly dominating this team, but they're hanging with us and and they're playing their heart out too because they want to win also. And you're going to have these games. And the Avalanche pulled this one away three to two. And uh, yeah, that that's that that that's a that's a team win right there. And that that's what you want coming out of the trade deadline. As minimal as those moves were. That's kind of what you want to see. So right now, uh, Avs, who are they playing? I think they're playing Carolina next. Are they not on Friday? I'm bringing up their schedule right now. Yeah, they're in Carolina and then in Nashville. So Carolina should be a really good game. And, of course, you know when you're playing division rival like you are with Nashville, those are always games to get up for as well. So... Good win by the Avs, really top to bottom. Everybody played well. Once they got their legs going after you know that little bit of a break that they had, it was just off to the races. Really exciting game to watch. And when you come out on top of games like this, it makes you all the more happier. So congratulations to Martin Kaut, Tyson Jost. Glad you're uh, still on Colorado and keep playing like that. We, we will love you like the avalanche player you are. If you keep playing games like that, I could watch him play like that. That's what we expect from him. And, you know, you don't even have to light up the stat sheet. Just look at the effort. That effort was unmatched, in my opinion, by him. So, good job all around, guys. So, solid win. Abs keeping pace with St. Louis. Uh, Day off. And then it's on to Carolina. So that's going to be it, guys. Tomorrow we have the Fandom Friday segment before the weekend. So enjoy the day. Enjoy the win. See you guys tomorrow. Here's Joby. Go, Abs, go.